Thanks for listening to this podcast of Bet MGM Tonight. Our show is live every weeknight from 7 to 11 p.m. Eastern on Odyssey radio stations around the country, odyssey.com, as well as the Odyssey app. Joining us on the Roman guest line is um, one of our colleagues on the BetQL network. It is Nick Costos of You Better You Bet with Ken Barkley. Today he's with Moose as Ken is out. Nick, how are you doing, sir? What's going on, guys? How are we doing? We're doing well, hanging in there. And we really had you on because, um, of course, the sad news that uh, John Madden has passed away earlier today. He passed away. And, and just looking at your Twitter, at the Costos K-O-S-T-O-S, if you're listening, you want to follow along. You had some really nice tweets and stories about your time with uh, John Madden uh, back, you know, 2012 and stuff like that. So could you just maybe talk about um, what this news maybe did to you and how and how um such a guy that a guy that you had a, a past with uh impacted your life and just the experiences that you did have yeah i mean it it sucks it's the worst um the guy was an absolute living legend um how often do you have someone who is the best at his profession in one thing i mean he was like one of the best head coaches of all time and i think that's something that's kind of lost in all of this there are a lot of young people not that i'm old i'm 38 but i mean i love nfl history like not many other people do that around my age at least but like how many young people only know John Madden as a broadcaster or even just as the name on the video game? Like people forget, like the guy's a Hall of Fame head coach in the National Football League. Yeah. So one of the greatest coaches of all time, then like inarguably the greatest broadcaster, sports broadcaster, I think of all time. Just like uh, the, the overwhelming ability, the charisma, the relatability, a legendary broadcasting career to go hand in hand with a legendary coaching career. And um, like you mentioned, you know, I had the opportunity, like the honor and pleasure, honestly, um, and I am a, I'm, this is not like about me, but I'm just offering context here, like a lifelong diehard, diehard fan of the National Football League. Um, got the NFL encyclopedia for Christmas and I was like five, read the entire thing. I've always loved it. So when I had the opportunity, when I worked for NFL radio after I got out of college and worked for NFL radio for a decade, I got the opportunity to produce John Madden's uh, weekly show wow. that he did with Adam Shine when I was Adam's producer for a number of years. So basically it was every week during football season on Wednesdays, we would have John Madden. We would do an hour with Coach Madden. And that meant talking to John off air. That meant dealing with his handler, who I believe the guy's name was Sketch. I don't even know Sketch's real name, but the guy went by Sketch. He was the guy that I would deal with. It's a little sketchy. Um, and he like and he handled all of John's like media appearances. And like you could just tell John was a great dude that treated people well. And an absolute ball buster. So for instance, right? Like so many like of like the real great coaches and and pro athletes, like their relatability comes from their ability to bust chops. Not only, like, give it, but to take it as well. Like, a lot of the greats have it. I worked with Rich Gannon for a long time, and Rich was the same way. Former Raiders quarterback, MVP. Where, like, I would come in, and John would be what's called in Q, right, in radio. Which, like, he's doing the show in Northern California, and I'm doing the show in New York. We're producing the show out of New York City. And, like, John would be, so I can't see him. And, like, I would be like, man, John, that was a great pick last week on the Broncos game. And, like, he would have gotten the pick wrong by, like, 30 points. (laughs) And he would just laugh. And then bust my chops about something else and zing me back with something. Like, he was that kind of guy. Like, larger than life, Hall of Famer in many different regards. He didn't know me from Adam. Not that I'm important now, but I'm just, I was, a, like, off air at the time. Like, he had no reason to be nice to me other than the fact that he was a nice guy. So, like, a truly, genuinely nice guy to everybody. And I am, like, living proof of that. So, just like all the stories that people hear about John being like a good guy and generous and kind and funny. Like I can confirm that all of these things are true from the time that I spent with him. And one of the things I tweeted and you brought it up, Quentin, in 2012. So January, 2012, it's one of the best days of my life. So like it has to kind of turn into like a me story also here because it has such an imprint on my life. Um, I'll never forget Adam Shine and I, the week before the divisional rounds of the playoffs, 
that year in 2011. This was the Niners-Saints game, like the Alex Smith game, when Alex Smith outdueled Drew Brees. And the Niners beat the Saints, and then the next day, the Giants went into Lambeau and beat Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. This was the Packers' 15-1 season, Rodgers MVP, following their Super Bowl season in 2010. Mm-hmm. Giants beat them 37-20 in Lambeau. And I remember Adam said to me, because we were going to go to Madden's house to do the show live from there on Championship Sunday in Northern California. And Adam said to me, he goes, you know what happens, right, if the, if the, if the Niners and Giants both win this weekend? And I'm like, uh, n- n- no. And he goes, we're going to go to the game because it's in Northern California. Wow. And it was the, the second game that day. Ravens-Patriots, the first Ravens-Patriots title game. The Ravens beat them the next year in route to Flacco and the Ravens winning the Super Bowl. This was the Billy Cundiff game. So we end up flying out to Northern California to do the show from John Madden's house on Championship Sunday. Not like a house, but like a compound. Like a massive estate, obviously, as you would imagine, right? Yeah. So I actually have pictures of it. Maybe I'll share them on social media. He's got, like, I don't know, I'm not trying to exaggerate here, but a massive movie projector showing the game with, like, 12 TVs around it. Like, all massive TVs. Like, like absolutely insane. Like, catered food, but, like, the type of food you would imagine, like, John Madden would have, like, chicken and waffles. Yes. And, like, like a French, like, all sorts of stuff that, like, you would identify with, like, this is, like, what a John Madden spread would be, right? Like, right? Just, like... Just so perfect. And we watched the game with John. So literally, like, he's sitting and holding court in the middle of the area there, like this big lazy boy. I posted this picture on Twitter at the Costos if people want to see it. I had people taking pictures of me with John in the background, so I would have them. So we do the show. We're watching the game. Like, Dave Casper showed up, like, Hall of Fame Raiders tight end to sit down and watch the game with us. And John's, like, literally calling the game off air, obviously. It's, I think it's Nansen Sims at the time on CBS. I, I don't, I, yeah, it was definitely Nansen Sims at the time on CBS. We watched the game. Then John and his agent, Sandy Montag, who was there as well, mm-hmm. got us a police escort, literally, myself and, and Adam, to go to Candlestick to watch. And then it was Candlestick Park still existed. And I'm a Giants fan, obviously. And I got to watch the Giants beat the 49ers live in wow. overtime. Game. So I don't mean to make that about me, but, like, the story does kind of involve, like, a great personal day in my life. Just the nicest most kind, generous dude. So it's like all the stories you hear again are true. Just the absolute best, a legend. How do you think, Nick, he impacted broadcasting uh, as a whole, especially in the sports realm? I think he made football cool. Yeah. You know, I, I, I think it's like him and Berman, I think are, and I, you know, I don't want to make this about Chris Berman because Berman's solo, but like, when, when Chris Berman passes away, like, people are going to have the same sorts of reactions, I feel like, just because they're both, like, the two legends in my mind. But as far as Madden is concerned, like, he, he made football cool. He's literally the soundtrack of, of our youth, you know. And I, I think I'm older than you guys. I'm 38. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, I grew up watching him, like everybody did basically, right? And he was kind of the soundtrack to everyone's love of professional football. You know, it's just, like, the relatability. Just felt like a guy. Like, he didn't talk down to you. He didn't make it like he knew more than you. He didn't lecture anybody. He's just talking football with, like, youthful exuberance. Like, you could tell that he loved it and he was into it and that he knew what he was talking about. So, like, it's just, like, that combination of factors. Like, it's, think about all the color commentators now. And, like, you can like or dislike Romo or, you know, or, or you know, uh, who was uh, Chris Collinsworth or Troy Aikman. There are people that like and dislike these guys. No one disliked John Madden. Right. It was impossible to dislike him. He was so good. And it's kind of, like, ruined all these other color, color commentators. Because, like, Madden never got on his high horse ever. Never talked down to anybody during any of these broadcasts. I think that's really what set him apart. And, of course, the exuberance as well. And, and again, like I, the one thing I don't want to get to lost here, and like not that it's my mission to make this happen, but like the guy is an absolutely legendary head coach as well as a legendary broadcaster. And that gets lost, I 
think, and like the greatness of John and that everyone knows him for the video game and the broadcasting. In the 70s, when Madden coached, you know, coached the Raiders prior to the merger in 70, and then was the Raiders coach, obviously, through the Super Bowl win in 1976 when they finally got over the hump. You know, if not for the Steelers and some questionable officiating, most notably the immaculate reception with Terry Bradshaw to Franco Harris, we're probably talking about a, a dynastic Raiders team, not a dynastic Steelers team. Now, the Steelers team was probably a little better, but that Raiders team was the second best team in football pretty much every year that the Steelers mm-hmm. won, certainly in 73 and uh, uh, 73 and 70, or 74 and 75, excuse me. And even like in 73, when the Dolphins went back to back with Don Shula following the undefeated season in 73, you can make the case that the Raiders were the best or second best team in football, like six straight years, and they happened to play in the AFC and ran into either Shula's Dolphins or Chuck Knoll's Steelers, yep. and then finally got over the hump in 76 and won a Super Bowl championship. So, I mean, just, you know, in every way, shape, and form, just one of the best of all time at everything he did. Which is sort of tremendous for a coach of that caliber to then go into broadcasting and never once, like, talk down to the people that he knows so much more than. You know what I mean? And that, that sounds like how it was with him in person as well when he was breaking things down. Yeah, I think, you know, listening to him, it was kind of like when we did the shows and, you know, it was just like you watched him on TV. And when you would talk to him off the air, you would talk to him and he talked to you like he was on TV. Like that's what's that's like so many of like the greats, I feel like. Like, they're not acting. Like, it can be like a bit of a, a little bit of a caricature of yourself sometimes when you're on the air, like an exaggerated version of yourself, I think is the right way to put it. But, you know, John was himself on the air. Like, that was actually him. Like, I can actually speak to that. And I'm not claiming, like, to have been his best friend or to know him better than some other people did. Like, I know that there are people in the media, right, that do what I do that knew him better than I did. So I'm not trying to make it like I knew him better than, than anyone did. That's not true. But, like, I did know him a little bit. And that's how he was. Like, on the air, off air was exactly the same dude. Nick, you kind of took the words out of my mouth because I'm 24. So, of course, I when I experienced Madden, it was the video game. Like, if I had to see him coach, it was like going back and just loving the game that much to where I watched those old games. But, like, what what is one thing that you maybe have taken from John Madden and applied to your own career in this space? Like, it's not commentary in terms of, like, breaking down a game play-by-play or color, but you are a broadcaster. What did, what did he, like, deposit into your, your toolbox to use in your career so far? I, I just think it's like it's authenticity and mm-hmm. honesty. Like that, that's really like that was that was his mo. I don't know if it was. I shouldn't say I, that it was his. I don't know that for a fact. But I'm, I'm guessing like that was probably if you were to ask him like like he was himself. Like he was authentic. Like that's who he was. And uh, that's what I try and do also. Like whether people like me or dislike me, um, I tell it like it is. I don't BS on the air or like or, or off the air, which people with people that that know me would would agree with, which is sometimes not a good thing for me in my life because I'm probably too honest with things and tell it like it is. But, uh, you know, you we caught a little bit, caught a little bit of thing. that right before our show came on. Oh, yeah, probably. Yeah, with me at the end of the show, probably. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I don't, I don't know specifically what you're referring to. All these hours sort of bleed together. But, yes. <laughs> Nick, thank you so much, brother. Um, appreciate you joining the show. And, of course, anytime you are welcome on our show, and, of course, we would love to jump on to your famous show whenever you want to give us the call. We are ready, Nick. Please. We will, we will do that at some point in the near future for sure. And also, like, I would tell people out there that if, like, you're out there and you don't know much about John Madden, the coach, if I may recommend, recommend something for people to watch, um, obviously, like, the Madden documentary, like, it was great that aired on Christmas. Um, the NFL films produce, I think NFL films is the best. Mm-hmm. And I think like the best thing that NFL films has ever done is their America's game series, yes. which is like, uh, like a 45 minute documentary of each of the Super Bowl champions told through the, the eyes and the mindsets 
of like three or four of the principal members of the team, whether it's players, coaches, et cetera. The 76 Raiders America's game is objectively, in my opinion, the best one. Um, that is the Raiders finally getting over the hump. You get to see Madden dejected after several losses to the Steelers and the Dolphins in the early 70s, not knowing if he would ever get over the hump. And then when they finally win in 76, the story is honestly is breathtaking and will bring a tear to your eyes. So the 1976 America's game, I'm sure like it's on YouTube and people don't want to be cheap out and don't want to buy the DVD. Go, go watch that. The 1976 NFL films, America's game of the, the Super Bowl champion, Oakland Raiders. When Nick talks, we listen. Thank you so much. Nick Costos up. You better you bet the Costos K O S T O S on Twitter. Nick, Thanks, enjoy Nick. your night. Thank you for joining us. Thanks guys.